You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro from Sassman Securities in Johannesburg. Looking at the S&P, actually, I've just been speaking to France de Klerk. You know mm. France de Klerk, don't you, the technical yeah. analyst? Yeah, he's no. a good, he's a good yeah. chap, terribly enthusiastic. And I think he knows his yeah. stuff, I really do. He he's lives a, somewhere in the Karoo at the moment. He lives right? in he's, Fosburg. He's, uh, Fosburg, and yeah. yeah. Now, you won't find that on a map. No. No. And he sleeps on his stoop every night. Google. Yeah, does he? <laughs> yeah, he does. When it's hot, him and his wife have got two single beds on the stoop. And um, <laughs> if it's too hot, then they sleep outside under the stars. And he says, at the moment, there's no moon, so the stars are incredible. And I sometimes envy that. I couldn't do it myself, but, but he's having a good time. But anyway, we were talking about the S&P and the technicals of it. It's right in the middle of a range of between like 3,600 and 4,700. And it's doing absolutely nothing. The big action today, of course, David, is currencies and bond markets. Yeah. Yeah. And... and uh uh, this is all ahead of the CPI tomorrow. Yes. There's, there has been a run in bonds. I'm talking about mainly the U.S. bonds where rates have actually kicked up. Um, the RAND is at almost 18. So there's been a lot of movement there. Everybody is – I know you spoke to France, who's a technical man. I think everybody is going down and, uh, you know, looking at all their charts and, and, and trying to work out where the next move is. Um, it's – I, I just find it, you know, we used to work, use the word funk in the old days, back in the 60s and 70s. It was like groovy. So one of those kind of buzzwords from there. And we're in like a funk period. And okay. it means just grunge. You know what I mean? It's like you're just stuck nowhere. Yeah. Uh, you could call it the doldrums, but that's, uh, it, it's just, it, you know, we're grinding away, going nowhere. And it's, it's that kind of market. What, what, what is happening, though, is that uh, you're finding quite a few strategists and uh, Morgan Stanley particularly coming out and um, very angry at the way that the equity markets are ignoring fundamentals and almost uh, warning of a disaster of biblical proportions, you know, repent now or else you'll feel the wrath of God or you'll feel the wrath of inflation. Yes. So you're getting those warnings coming out, you know, which, I mean, people are very angry, certainly uh, that, that the markets are kind of even grinding slightly higher and not falling in a heap and hitting the low end of where you're talking about. So we, we, we're dealing with that as well, you know, with a lot of warnings out there and a lot of negative talk. So it, it, it's very hard to get a, a story going. Yeah, it is. Sometimes you look at your screen and think, what am I going to say to Williams later on? Mm. Um, what mm. am I going to say to Julietta on television later on? It's all that sort of thing. It's hard to find a story. Yeah. I mean, it's your job yeah. as a seasoned commentator and a very eloquent one to find a story and uh, make people yeah. buy into it or at least understand mm. what you're saying. Sometimes you must wake up, David, and look at your screen and say, no, nah, the cupboard is bare. I've got nothing. Oh, it's, it's been like that. What I have been doing, and I, be, I keep, and I've said this to you, I think, last week, you know, you keep looking back and say, okay, these are the 20, 25 shares I like. Uh, am I right in still holding them? You know, is there anything that I should be doing, something else? Are there any new companies emerging? You know, are there, are there some businesses that are battling through this? And it's, it's a very difficult decision. Lindsay, I've been using it, you know, particularly where it comes to tech. 
and the way that um, people are attacking tech. I've actually used the football analogy, the English Premier League, and I said, you know, you look at Tottenham, they go down badly. <laughs> but if they're still in the top half, but they're still a rich club, or Man United, or Liverpool. They're rich enough to work their way out of it. In other words, they'll come back. They'll come back, they'll sit back, get a new manager, buy a few new players, get more money, and somewhere along the line, they've got all I'm trying to say is they've got the strength to get back to um, you know to top five or top four, whatever it is. And I think tech companies are in a similar situation because at the moment, I think we're all having a great day knocking uh, big tech. You know, it's been just kind of rattled off its perch or or just you know it's gone a bit shaky. But I think I keep looking and say, can they come back? Have they got the ability? Have they got the uh, um, balance sheet, you know, to, to revive. And for the, you know, most of them have. Look, I have to qualify it, Lindsay, and I, and I say this, you know, we had, if you go back in the past, we've seen a lot of big companies fall away like IBM. You know, we always, there, there was an, always an expression, don't sell IBM. And in other words, keep my IBM. And, uh, just that they were such a powerful player and they lost their way. And, and, and remember the cell phones, Ericsson's, um, what's the other one, uh, Nokia, um, BlackBerry. Yes. Um, you know, all of those, they've all gone. So some of the big players can be replaced, but we've got to watch out for that. So I'm spending time doing that. I'm also looking at, at a few businesses, you know, other businesses, just identifying some of the you know, some companies that might look interesting, but I'm not, I'm not rushing out there to buy and commit money at this moment, simply against the kind of backdrop that's being created, you know, by the, the fear factor out there. There are some companies, again, I refer to my interview with France de Klerk, which is an interesting one. Yeah. And he wanted to talk about two things, natural gas, which is not something you'd touch, mm-hmm. uh, far too dangerous, and also it's a commodity, which you don't like. Pick and pay. Mm-hmm. Now, we were looking at pick and pay, and in mm-hmm. this year, it was as high as something like 6160. Mm-hmm. And I looked at it, the closing price last night was 47.79. Yeah. Now, yeah. that is quite a big percentage move. I think it might even yeah. have gone into bear market territory. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the fundamentals yeah. of that, it's yeah. a fine gross. Okay, it's not uh, maybe mm-hmm. not at the top of the list where a ShopRite might be. But on the other hand, has it warranted that type of sell-off? There must be some bargains, even in the South okay. African market, uh, David, yeah. that uh, catch your eye occasionally. I think, I think that's... It is. I don't know. I, you know, France is far more adept at reading charts, but you are getting to levels like we saw in um, back in 2020, yeah. where it, they bounced. You know, where you saw the market bounce off these very low levels. But this has been a particularly severe plunge that we've seen now um, against the kind of in a backdrop that that. Um, that uh, was announced in the in the trading update, uh, the issues that they are facing. Um, we haven't seen it in Shoprite. We saw it in Spa, but that was for valid reason. You know, for a valid reason, it's come back a bit. And this wasn't because of of uh, indiscretions of management, but rather because of poor trading. Um, Shoprite seems to be the one that's holding up best of all. And then Woolworths, which is not fully a grocer. Uh, doing well, but there is something worrying about Chopra, you know, about pick and pay. Yes. Lindsay, you know what worries me is that they've they've got this new strategy where they've dropped 
to boxer and they've gone down to the lower levels. Um, and when you go down to lower levels, you have to sell a lot more goods at smaller margins. And there has been criticism about this, even though they do, they've got a big rollout of these, um, you know, of these grocers or, or retailers, food retailers and that. And I don't know whether the market's just nervous. Hold on a sec. You know, there's more to the results than they've told us. There are some structural uh, deficiencies there. But okay. they're going to reach a level, yes. They're going to reach the, the so-called Spurs level or the Liverpool level at number 10. <laughs> and you're going to say, you know what I mean? I think, I think you're right. I think they're going to reach that level. You're going to say, this is a little too cheap. They are not going to collapse. You know, they'll, they'll work their way out of this mess. They've made no money for investors over the years, and it's just gone sideways as far as uh-huh. I can see. Uh-huh. It's absolutely uh-huh. nothing. Well, uh-huh. in it's- six years, seven years almost, uh, they were at one stage, just looking at that same chart, call it 83 rand six yeah. years ago. You know, they're now down to 40 odd rand. So they've halved. And that's over a seven year period, a six, well, call it six and a half year period. So the compound effect, the compound losses is quite great. Yeah, the opportunity cost of being uh, in that rather than mm, in shop work. Yes. Absolutely mm, yes. enormous. And it's widely mm. held, David, by all the pension funds and yes. all the big asset management yeah. companies. They must be tearing their hair out with management. Do you know what I find? And, and this is, this is um, it's quite peculiar. You know, when you deal with members of the public and you deal with private clients, many of them, yeah, they're elderly people or been around, retired, bought pick and pay years and years ago. And, of course, on the strength of that, they're still making technically a profit, you know, they from, from the very low levels at which they bought this year. I haven't got a, a long-term chart here. I mean, I can look it up. But what happens is is how committed they remain to the name. Yes. You know, how the, remain, how the name still remains very strong in their hearts and uh, uh, don't want to sell them. Uh, listen, um, I've had these for a long time. I've done made good money. I don't want to sell them. So there still is a lot of loyalty around the brand, despite mm. the fact that if you've held on for six or seven years, you've made absolutely no money. I can go on. There are a number of companies <laughs> like that on the JSC, yes. you know, where there's so much brand loyalty and belief that things will turn better. Yeah. Such a great company. Such a great South African mm. success story. What was it, the 50s when um, Raymond Ackerman started the business from fairly modest beginnings? I mean, it, it turned into a giant. But those, sure. those days I, are gone. I, I've forgotten the history you are down mm. in Cape Town or wherever you was. Yes. You know, just from one store to, to building up this absolute dynasty. And it was, it led the way. I remember when it was trading at a significantly higher multiple than the others and uh, deserved it. You know, it always held. It was almost like we talk about, we spoke about clicks before. Remember, clicks had this incredible uh, support and and was trading at very high levels relative to the rest of the market. Yeah. And it had that kind of appeal. And it just, just kind of whittled away. I, you know, I don't know. went wrong. And there's so many things about it, you know, that I've already forgotten. But I wonder, you know, I, I, there, there, there's a big story in that. You know, there's a big story about about uh, about management, and this is not necessarily directed at at the Ackermans or at the pick and pay founders and that who are not going to give up their shares. But sometimes you've got to take a step back and recognise. Hold on a sec. I've gone as far as I can. 
you know, almost like uh, uh, Satya Nadella taking over um, taking over Microsoft or Tim Cook taking over Steve Jobs, although that wasn't my choice, you know, so Steve no. Jobs. But, I mean, <laughs> but uh, you know, sometimes you need those kind of – you need management to say, hold on a second, I've, had in, you know, I've done what I can. It's time for me to go. Okay. And I, you know what I must say? I must say, sorry, because yes. um, I was looking at Investec, you know, because I've been watching Investec has made absolute remarkable recovery. You've been mentioning and, that for weeks now. Have you dug into yeah, it and found out yeah, what's been going yeah. on? Well, I, I I start to think about it and say the market likes something about investing. And we all thought that um, that Farney Titi would not be able to fill the shoes that that very strong team that created uh, investing, the uh, Bernard Cantor and Stephen Kossif and, uh, you know, his uh, very tight-knit executive, um, David Lawrence, there were, there were many people there. We thought, you know, he would never be able to emulate that culture. And I'm sorry to say he's done pretty well. <laughs> you know, he's yeah. done incredibly well. And suddenly he has a share that has kind of outperformed uh, all the other banks and just keeps going higher and higher. So he's, he, you know, a credit to him. I mean, one's got to look into it. And, and, and I haven't done the investigations into it, but he's changed it. You know, everybody thought, no, you know, Stephen was such a popular character, which he was, and I don't take anything away from him. But sometimes you need that change of personality and, uh, you know, to put it on a different track, which he seems to be doing. Yeah, you see that one big mistake that Kosov made in his life was being a Spurs supporter. <laughs> true, <laughs> too true. <laughs> uh, you know, but I, but yeah, I, I know I what you mean. People to think I'm, I'm not going at Steve. I mean, they did an incredible job from the time they listed in 1990 and that. But sometimes you get a little stale, maybe you know, haven't got the same vigor. Uh, and you know, you know what the big mistake is? You don't want to admit your mistakes because sometimes ego gets in the way and you've, you've pushed something for 20 years or something. And I'm not saying I have any evidence of what I'm trying to say, but this does happen. You say, hold on a sec. Um, you know, I haven't got the courage to, to, to pull the plug on it. Whereas new management comes in and says, sorry, pulling the plug. You know, this was a load of rubbish. We should never have done it. And boom, so, you know, go somewhere else. So yeah. I think it's, it's, it's such an important lesson as well. So important when management starts to get a bit stale and there's nothing wrong with with, with, with bringing in new blood. Well, spinning off um, Investec Asset Management now 91, I don't know if you can yeah. put the date on your graph of when that was done and the progression of the share price since then, but certainly that was an incredible business that um, Hendrik, Hendrik, Hendrik Detoy uh, yeah. got going. It's yeah. reason it's called 91. Yeah. It's because it was formed in 91. They had a few clients yeah. and then he built it into yeah. this multi, multi billion dollar industry in rand terms i think it owns i think it manages more than the trillion it's huge brilliant and i'll tell you a story because i wrote this in a business day article and i actually hendrick phoned me and got hold of me and uh, uh really wrote me a complimentary letter very nice because i know hendrick came to me in 91 and i helped he bernard and stephen from investec had given him two years he had broken away i think from old mutual yeah. And said to him, okay, you want to start an asset management company, you've got two years. And he came to me to help him on the, almost as a prime broker, to do his settlements. And I always remember the story, and I, it's, it's, in, in it's, it's etched in my mind. It cost us 9,000 Rand a month to run 
the programs, you know, for his settlement programs. And he promised me, listen, I'll give you 50% of the brokerage that I earn, you know, to cover those costs. And maybe we, for, I think for a year or two, we never, we, we never covered our costs. Now, why I say that is that that's how tough it was when he started. In other words, we kind of sponsored him and, uh, it was fine. I mean, we made it up. I'm not, but from those humble, humble beginnings, he had nothing. And he was fighting some very aggressive fund managers out there. Coronation, uh, Alan Gray, Board of Executives, Seifritz, all of those, you know, including mutuals and sunlums and everything. So against all of that, he built this business up. So it wasn't, it wasn't an open road. You know, and it wasn't, wasn't that easy. So full credit to the multi, you know, multi billion rand or, or pound company that he's built in. I, I take my hat off to Hendrik Gow. He's one of the most driven people I've ever mm. met. In fact, you mm. know, I've, I've been interviewing people on television, radio, and now podcasting uh, for many, many years. Even now, when I know I've got an interview with Hendrik mm. Toy, I get nervous because he'll often, he'll, he'll often come back and his PA will phone me or, or one of his colleagues will phone me and say, he didn't like what he said, so we're going to have to redo this again. I said, I said I'm fine. But the, the stories I hear about him, he's just, I don't know how he fits in a personal life. He is so dedicated and good luck yeah, to him. Yeah. Well but done. But it shows. Yeah. Mm. No, but uh, it's, 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 a, it's a wonderful story, you know, and uh, that's why I say, I've always used him as an example, you know, of uh, of just how he fought. He didn't come from nothing was handed to him on a plate. Hmm. No. Good. Okay, David, you're reading this weekend the Economist, the Financial Times, and other publications. Uh, yeah. What? I think you know, it was all about uh, Chat GPT, and I think the Economist particularly and gave out warnings. Hold on a sec. You know, this is you, you're delving into new areas. Um, I'm excited about it. Why? Despite what they say. You're a good because, writer. Yeah, because these are always um, these are always different moments. And right at the end of the of the leader uh, from the Economist, they said, you know, if you can get the door to the internet, that's really what you want. In other words, and that can happen. We saw it back in the days when the internet first came. You know, there was there was Yahoo. Remember Yahoo? was the yes. standard. And, I mean, Yahoo had already replaced a few people. Um, I can't even remember, Net something or other. <laughs> you know, all these names have gone out of my mind. But, I mean, so what – but they did give warnings, you know, this can be a bit reckless because uh, it gives you an answer, you know, it doesn't check where it's on the internet, whereas the other search – there is some kind of filter. This one just gives you an answer, and that doesn't necessarily mean it's the truth. But I think that it's an exciting development. Uh, you know, the fact that you are getting, uh, you know, you're getting this this new phase that's going to come into search, I, I find it very exciting. So I think even the FT, uh, you know, carried their uh, big story on this. So other than that, there, there wasn't, you know, the other thing was about shooting down balloons, and I see yes. shooting down more balloons, you know. <laughs> Where did that come from? I mean, ChatGPT, I don't understand I don't it enough. All I know is that it will be a new search engine, a new, more sophisticated search yeah. engine. Yeah. And you talk about Yahoo and uh, ones that we can't remember because they just faded into the ether. But mm. Google could go the same way. But of course, it's got that one that they blundered yeah. with. What's it called? Bard. Yes. Yeah, Bard. 
So the, uh, it may it's, be. it's early days. It's hmm. early days, but I think it'll go on top of, uh, you know, it'll be embedded in these engines and just make things, um, you know, just 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 make it a little easier to search things and uh, kind of define. But Microsoft giving, you know, I've never used Bing before. No. I've um, I've always been a Google person in that. But, you know, it just might change the way we look for things now. So I find it exciting for these businesses. Um, and, and I think that's those were probably the, the lead stories. Other than that, there, there was very little to, you know, to get excited about. It mm. was, uh, yeah, we just, as I say, we're in this funk, you know, this, oh, Okay, well, right. you know, just you when know, you... I, 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 it doesn't stop me reading, <laughs> you know, it doesn't stop uh, looking and everything, but I, I, I like exciting stories, you know, you want, you want to find stories that you can go and delve into. Look, the, you know, the, the, the results out today, I think, that, are, that, that define where we are in, certainly in the South African economy, define where we are in global economies. So um, I always find that you've got to go through these results to understand um, you know what's really happening at the ground, and from that point of view, I think um, you know it, it, it's quite distressing to see what's happening in South Africa and the problems companies are making. You know, companies are are facing because of our, and I'm talking Eskom and load shedding and Transnet and so on. Yeah, yeah. With I don't know, I don't know how companies um, make the profits that they do. Okay, it's a very small universe you've got in the JSC and shrinking all the time. Yeah. But I've never really understood it's like getting blood out of a stone to use a corny old phrase but uh, but they managed to do it and i've always said over the years i've said it every year i say well you know when the good times return they'll be so much leaner and so much more efficient and they'll make fortunes but unfortunately there's one problem <laughs> in that statement times things don't get better they get worse yeah. yeah yeah it can i think a lot has to do with management and management patience ego um yeah, things like that. But but deals happen today. There was uh, Attack, which is the property company, um, Pretoria-based property company. Yes, you know, sold out thirty uh, percent. They own the waterfall, which is this huge development that's near Kyalami, um, massive development together with uh, you know shopping centres and so on. And the PRC has bought in thirty uh, percent of it. You know, so they, they raised the two and a half billion for a company that has a market cap of less than, uh, you know, around about six billion. So those shares were up. So there's stories that are taking place. I think the PRC looking for property development. So every day there is something to to look at here, uh, just a story to you know. To pass on. Okay, David. Let me just set the scene for this week um, when it comes to football, because tonight we have mm. the Merseyside derby, mm. Liverpool Everton. Obviously, really looking forward to Everton with a mini resurgence yeah, with yeah. Sean Dyche and uh, the new manager. And I, I'm really hoping they can turn over Liverpool, who deserve it. They need a shock, and I think the crowd might start to turn against them if they lose the Merseyside derby, because that's you're, talk, uh, you're talking Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, if they don't yeah. beat Klopp is, uh, Everton, I think Klopp's be, on edge. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Then you've got tomorrow night the UEFA Champions League starts and also continues on um, Wednesday. Then you've got also on Wednesday because Manchester City aren't in UCL action until the next week. It's Man City Arsenal, Shapiro. It's yeah. Man City Arsenal, yeah. the yeah. first of two games. Yeah. 
Mm. I don't know. I, I watched, know. And I, they looked good yesterday, Man City. Well, they for the look, first half they did. Then they got cocky. For the first half they were sharp, yeah. Yeah, they were really, really good. Yeah. And they took off Haaland at half-time because uh-huh. they're saving. I think they've got a new plan for him against Arsenal. And Pep's no mug. He's going to be formulating as we speak. Well, they were 3-0 up, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's, yeah. Yeah, they just said, off you go. You've done well. You had a great assist no. for one of the goals. Off you go now. Have a nice bath mm. and a, a Norwegian mm. massage. And, and, <laughs> and away you go for Wednesday. Mm. The other thing, what was I It's important for them as well. It's hugely you know, important. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, he's eager. He's, he, he doesn't want to just surrender the league. You know, he's... No. You, you can sense it. He's, and uh, he's been very angry at the allegations addressed at... Um, you know, at Man City. And, you know, if you read all the press, he says, I don't care. You can't take away our victories, you know, whatever. It's got nothing to do and with him. So, what goes, the bean no. counters are one thing. He's on the operation side. In yeah. other words, he yeah. manages the team. Pep Guardiola should not involve himself in the finances. Yeah. He's always said, no. if this club lies to me, I walk out the next day. And yeah. it would be interesting yeah. to see if he followed through with that. Should mm. it happen? Because a hundred mm. allegations against them, a hundred charges mm. against them, mm. it's got to be one that's going to stick. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I would think it's a hundred. It's a hundred that sticks. It years, I mean, it's going to take a long time, but still, it's 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 there, hanging over people coming in and looking at the books and so on. It's disconcerting. Yeah. Do you remember um, a referee? Just so finally, do you remember a referee yeah. called Keith Hackett? Yes, he was very good. He was very, very good indeed. Remember him very well. He has a column called "The Referee's View" in the yeah. Daily Telegraph, yeah. and. Yeah. Um, he went through the weekend's VAR blunders, mm. and he's scathing yeah. about it. Yeah. He's, he, yeah. Arsenal, yeah. for a start, the, the Brentford goal was offside. Very, very simple. Yes. But the VAR people were looking at something else. And it, even mm. on match of the day, you could see, you could see, Tony was offside. I wanted them yeah. to score because yeah. I like Brentford, and I want Man yeah. City to catch up on Arsenal and make a fight of it. Yeah. But it was mm. offside. It was wrong. Yeah. And then the, the the goal. What was it? Brighton against Bournemouth or something? Yeah. yeah. Where they drew the wrong line. <laughs> the guy. The goal should have been yeah. allowed, but they, the the yeah. VAR people drew the line on the pitch in the wrong place. And he says it's a disgrace, and you have yeah. to sit down at the end of the season. Yeah. And it's not yeah. the VAR technology that's wrong, David. It's basic human error. And I yeah. would have been incandescent with rage if I was an Arsenal supporter seeing that yeah. Tony goal no. being allowed. He was offside. I know. I, know. I think they're I think they're holding back and it's it can be very important. You know, two two points uh, makes all the difference psychologically as well. It would have made a you know if they would have won yesterday. So it was a, a terrible, terrible decision. You can't go back on it. No. You, know, you can't go back and 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 replay the game or do anything like that. But I mean, yeah, it's um, you rely on it, and you've seen how 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 sensitive they have been. As I say, you know, sometimes it's a toe or a nose, and they draw the line. Sorry, no goal, yeah. and that's happened so many times. And when it's blatant, like it was. Uh, and against oh. Arsenal, yeah, that is very distressing. And even worse than that was the West Ham-Chelsea West game. Ham. Yeah. I mean, if that's not handball, I don't know what is. He, yeah. was, he, was yeah. falling, <laughs> he, he stopped the ball with his hand outstretched and they didn't even review it. It's, it's a disgrace. Anyway, I mustn't get yeah. upset about these things. Um, David, no, thank you very much for your time. And um, we'll speak again okay. tomorrow on the 5 o'clock shadow. Thank yes. you very much, David Shapiro. Right. It's from Sassman Securities and that was Shapiro World. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position 
or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.